0: i um i don't think i have a problem uh i i don't i don't. i know i don't because i keep my limits low and i and I, I, I never ever ever bet what i can't afford to lose but i think okay. i have i think i'm up to like seven bets for the championship weekend here <laughs> i have like
1: yeah,
0: seven. I, well, a lot of them, like you know, you earn like free bets along the way and things like that. These apps do a good job of promoting that, you know, that stuff and profit sure. boost and all that. So I, I, I was, I was checking. Uh, also, I have some, you know, guys who like you. You create, you know, friendships with. They were like, "Hey, if you ride this parlay, ri- I'm telling you, ride this parlay with me." I'm like, "Okay, I got to take it." He told me to ride it. I got, I got to go with it. You know, what I mean? he's my Ravens guy, and he's giving me a Ravens parlay. I got to ride it. You there know. You go. And uh, but I I, I laugh because I'm like there was a point where I was talking to a friend at work here, and he's like, you know, well, what are you really rooting for this weekend? I was like, uh, if I look at my bet slip, I'm kind of just rooting for everything at this
1: yeah, exactly <laughs>
0: at this point exactly. in time.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, it's kind of like fantasy football when you have more than yeah. one league, you know. You it
0: is it, it like it feels that way, but you know, this is the last weekend to really it, you just kind of empty the clip because then, like Super Bowl weekend, your bets get really, really. It's like you pick Surely. a winner. You do something really simple. Like, I'll pick, like, a money line winner uh, and then, like, maybe an over, under. And then you have, like, the the three or four really wild prop bets. You know, I don't think I'm going to be putting a bunch of, you know, a bunch of parlays together and stuff like that because, you you know, the Super Bowl, you wanna, you're want to you enjoying it with the friends. You're watching it. You know, you don't want to be stuck on your phone. You know, like, wait, did that cash? What am I rooting for right now? You know, well, who's got the ball? But this is one of those weekends where I, I keep looking at am like, all right, I, I I don't think there's anything else I could bet. I have I have a Ravens parlay. I got a Lions parlay. I got a, a Chiefs parlay. You just you're unloading the clip of all the free bets and things I've stashed over the last couple of weeks, and it's just like let's go. Yeah. I mean, time's go. running
1: out. You know? We're getting yeah. we're getting
0: Valentine's dinner paid for here, boys. We're getting it paid there for
1: with a I with love a, the meme. <laughs> yeah, go There's ahead. a meme with the the guy who's you know. Um, the snooty wine taste tester, where the guy pours oh, in the wine yeah. in, the, in the glass, and yeah. uh, one of the yeah. one of the guys in the betting space on Twitter posted that and just said, "Me when uh, my twenty five cent part ten leg parlay <laughs> hits for thirty dollars." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that sums it up pretty. That well. is that pretty is well. you know
0: the average bet in America, and I'm right on average is is like four dollars on these sports books. I don't yeah, I rarely can't I mean afford I, to go crazy my units are you know anywhere between five and ten bucks a bet like there's net it's never it's never more than that and um um I do I will um I will reveal my we, we'll go through it obviously we'll make our picks here though and I, and I do we'll keep it simple with overs and unders and lines but I think there's a there's two one in each game I really liked I think are are for sure winners so we'll we'll ride them together here football lounge fam
1: Good stuff. The road has narrowed, as Mike Tomlin likes to say, for the quest for another Lombardi trophy. And in the words of uh, one of those quarterbacks who isn't on this journey, here we go. (laughs) Been dying to. Here we go. Jack Prescott here on the show for quite some time. It felt fitting Solid. to start things off this way. It's almost as good uh, yeah. as your
0: Christopher Walken.
1: <laughs> I, I, you know, I just, uh, it, not as good. Nate Byrne did a, a hell of oh, yeah. a Christopher Walken. Hell that was, uh, I could never compete with that one. That's for sure. Um, Bernie Sanders is my go-to.
0: That's, oh, really? You so do. That's a good that's the one I,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to prepare something to say okay. and, uh, and introduce the show, but it's that's basically been- like this. You know, like <laughs> we're here for the working pool. And you got to you got to have the, the finger kind of we'll, going out there. We'll Trump uh, something yeah. similar but, uh, We'll do a yeah. whole off-season show
0: where we just we un, we unleash our like three or four like <laughs> impressions that we could do.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll, maybe we'll do a whole, sh- whole show uh you know, at, for pretending to be these uh these alter egos or I will or I would be
0: fascinating. I would love to just, you know, spend 20 minutes doing draft prep as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, God, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of things you have to learn It's, uh, you
1: know It's it, <laughs> Just like dissecting the route yeah. running. So I can't yeah. do uh, Arnold To save my life, so yeah, that's all you But um, yeah, we've got two Games to go over here today And give our picks on who's going to be Advancing to Super Bowl 58 uh, In a few weeks from now, but of course As always, got to address Some breaking news that happened over the last Few days since our last show on Monday If you're curious about Uh, kind of our thoughts on how we ended up with this Final Four. Go check out uh, that episode on Monday from our Divisional Round recap. But since then, the head coaching pool has uh, continued to thin out, and now we've got two vacancies left, the Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks, as the Atlanta Falcons uh, officially hired Raheem Morris to be their head coach, former uh, DC of the uh, Sean McVay tree. And then also we've got uh, Jim Harbaugh, Going to the Los Angeles Chargers and then the Carolina Panthers uh, deciding on Dave Canales, uh, most recently the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to be their head coach. So those three vacancies are now filled, and we're left with two: Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, still out there, two of which were considered to be, you know, leading candidates for the Atlanta job. So they are not in there. We've got Dan Quinn. We've got a couple other, you know, prominent names. Uh, kind of circulating right now for those final two jobs. So that'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. But Jim Harbaugh being the headliner here, uh, obviously leaving Michigan after becoming a national champion. He has won everywhere. He has prior NFL experience, prior NFL Super Bowl experience at that as well. And so now he jumps into the Chargers, which have had seemingly no identity for the last God knows how long. And, he jumps into a a team with Justin Herbert. So seems to be a pretty solid landing spot for Mr. Harbaugh and uh, familiar stomping grounds as well. He was a San Diego Charger quarterback. And uh, of course, he's familiar with the West Coast in his time uh, dealing in college as well, Stanford, all the like. So uh, your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan, coming back to the NFL and kind of what this means for the AFC West. And what it means for really Justin Herbert's future and and the Chargers future at that.
0: I love the move. I love the aggressiveness of the Chargers to go make the move. I love that um, Harbaugh has a place where he can go. And unlike his previous stint in the NFL, when he showed up to San Francisco and they were kind of a mess. and Unlike when he showed up to Stanford and they were kind of a mess. And unlike when he showed up to Michigan and they were just kind of in dire straits, you know, they couldn't. They couldn't sniff Urban Meyer and that uh, Ohio State program. He's coming to a cupboard that is not bare at all. And the AFC West now is the coaching division in sports. I mean, we both love Antonio Pierce, and we're really pumped. The Raiders hired Antonio Pierce, and he is the fourth best coach in that division, and that's a wild thing to say. And what I think so much about this move that is just great for us as fans of football It's great to have Harbaugh back in the NFL. You know, he spent nine years in Michigan. It's been a long time since he was gracing the sideline in San Francisco. And credit to San Francisco, they were able to rebuild pretty quickly post-Jim once they got rid of their GM, who him and Jim butted heads, and they, you know, they moved on from Tom Sula, and then they went and and tried Chip Kelly really quickly and got rid of him and then got Shanahan in there. And they've been very, very stable and successful in the Shanahan-Lynch era. And those two working really, really well together. They're, you know, on the cusp of their second Super Bowl together, uh, three at, at fourth NFC Championship game uh, together. It is a a really um, impeccable marriage, those two. And what San Francisco has done, been really successful. But Jim was the one who kind of pulled San Francisco out of the rut. Remember, San Francisco had the, uh, had you know, this weird line, run of coaching that included my guy Mike Singletary, and uh, you know, uh, 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 your, uh, his his efforts on uh, Vernon Davis. Remember yeah. his quotes yeah. and all yeah. that. Like they were, can't in a, do it, won't do it, can't coach them, can't win with it. And they were in a really weird spot. And, and so, anyone who doesn't think that Harbaugh can come in and win right away, I just don't get where what you're basing that off of, right? I show me certainly
1: not his history. Yeah, like
0: I have the proof on my side that Harbaugh will come in and win right away. Now, will he go to an AFC championship game next year? No, but the the AFC just got even more difficult, which is just great for us as football fans, right? Like, I mean it makes every one of the teams in the AFC have to up their game even more. It makes this game between Baltimore and Kansas City even more important for one of these teams because the AFC, again, just got tougher uh, next year. So you're in this spot right now. You don't want to let this spot go to waste. I, w- I was saying uh, I-, I had to pre-record my show for tomorrow morning. We're recording this Friday afternoon. I just finished you know spending an hour recording my show for tomorrow. I have to head out of town uh, for a-, a swim meet for my stepson. And um, I was saying, I was like, the AFC... Championship game is now the most coveted spot two spots in all of sports, right? Like you can't think of a more like competitive uh uh and 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 hard fought like spot for those two spots. I mean, the Western Conference Finals is going to be really tough to find which teams end up in the Western Conference Finals. Got a lot of superstars in the West. But yeah. the AFC, the AFC It's the Rose Bowl. It is, I mean, it, it is. is yeah. It's low it, it, and and you know, and so when you basically have to pencil in with, you know, a Sharpie in Patrick Mahomes every year, you got a lot of teams fighting for one spot. Now you seriously add to me the chargers to that list. Like they are now a serious contender. It's impressive. Dan, I'll throw to you with saying this people think Justin Herbert now is going to be an MVP. I think differently. I think this is this, since Justin Herbert was thrown into the game after the, Chargers doctor stabbed Tyrod Taylor in the lungs with a needle. He has been asked to basically, with his arm talent, carry the Chargers. Austin Eckler is a really good back. He's a dynamic back. But he has been asked to carry the Chargers uh, for four years since that. since that stabbing of Tyrod Taylor. Th- this is now the opposite. Like, it is now the opposite. He will now have an offense that is basically like, no, no, you play within this system and this system will carry you, but your fantastic play will make this system really, really special. And I think Herbert is about to thrive in his system. And I think Herbert is about to go 30 touchdowns, five interceptions, but also while having a really dynamic run game. Look at like the season Jared Goff just had and that kind of offense Ben Johnson what he runs is very similar to like what Jim Harbaugh wants to run. Very dynamic, interesting run game, but it's a power physical game with a quarterback then who is uh extremely efficient in the in the play action with deep shots over the middle protecting the football. We know Herbert can do that. We don't question Herbert's talent. We're not going to call him a game manager, but he's going to be all of a sudden put in a system around him that does that. I mean, Brady thrived in a strong system. I I seriously feel like we're going to get Justin Herbert efficiently walking his way to maybe an AFC title game within two years.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, that's certainly within the range of outcomes for him and Jim Harbaugh. I agree somewhat. I mean, they're going to make it a more balanced attack. They're going to support Herbert a lot more. I mean, Harbaugh's, signature is physicality so this team is obviously gonna pride itself on its ability to win in the trenches and that includes the run game and we'll see kind of what they do with the running back position moving forward um you know with Austin Eckler and obviously they're probably gonna have to get rid of some guys that they're paying a lot of money to on the defensive side because you know I I just don't know if you can sustain they are salary cap with Khalil Mack and and Bosa. And that's okay. And he's free agent acquisition. but yeah, that's fine because Harbaugh's a builder. I mean, he can build He's a builder. uh, you know, a, a quality team around him and probably yeah. the benefit almost to him not being on one side of the ball is that he can probably, you know, approach this from a completely holistic sense, which is kind of what the Chargers need. They need a they need a a, a complete you know, Culture Rudy. tone setter. Um, and and he's a guy that can do it from all angles, yeah. right? And he's also been at a lot of places, so I would be confident that he could put together a staff that's gonna be pretty damn good. So, yeah, I mean, all of those things. The only thing I'll disagree with is I I do actually think that an AFC championship game is well within reach for them next year, just because I mean the division's super tough, they're in one of the most difficult divisions for sure, but I just think harbaugh gets it done really quickly at pretty much every spot he's been and i think with a quarterback of this caliber that he could do it very very quickly and, and be able to get that turned around it's gonna be so for, much fun to watch it is it is and for the other hires raheem morris has been talked about for years i mean i follow obviously mike tomlin he was the head team. coach of the bucks right um, he was
0: with the with with Jameis. i'm pretty sure he was it was raheem, raheem morris, morris was, then they brought in lovey um, smith
1: I think Raheem Morris might have been a uh, interim coach at that time, but he never check. was the
0: official head um, head coach.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to see uh, wh- what his head because Vance being, Joseph. Um, I get him and I got him and Vance
0: Joseph confused a little because Vance Joseph. No, you, you're was, right.
1: He was the the Bucks head coach from 09 to 2011. So it's been with it's James. Been a
0: minute. and then um, Lovey came in, and then they went to Arians. I think. To yeah. fix there might have been someone else in there and then they went to Arians to fix Jameis and then they the Super Bowl runs and now top bulls. yeah
1: so well he was I, really I mean young. was was Jame is Jameis really that old he was there in 2011
0: oh yeah oh yeah really?
1: so he's wow I, I didn't realize that um so Jameis Winston's older no he can't be he's he's 30 years old that uh
0: oh maybe not maybe he was 22 20- 13. Maybe he Raheem Morris was bad. Yeah, it might,
1: might have been like because
0: Who was his? Plan. Oh, was he? Was he then with like Byron Leftwich last year?
1: Josh Freeman,
0: Josh Freeman. Maybe I'm getting that confused. That so, was
1: terrible. That Raheem was, was Morris
0: bad. is, but you know, like he's a name. He was a young guy who got an opportunity. It didn't go well. He's worked his way back all the way up. Uh, He's been around the league, and so I'm. I'm And a lot of people
1: sing his praises. I mean, he's you know, Mike Tomlin has long said for years in interviews that he's a he's shocked that Raheem Morris, you know, isn't a head coach. And what
0: and I'll um, I'll say you're seeing this. You're basically seeing kind of two different types of hires right now, right? You're seeing either give us the offensive guy Callahan with the Titans, right? It looks like Ben Johnson with the with the with the Commanders. That's going to happen, or. And, you know, we want the young, smart offensive guy, Shane Steichen, last year with the Colts, or we want the culture setter. And the culture setter can be an offensive guy like a Dan Campbell, but he, you know, he leans offense, but he's really a culture setter. Jim Harbaugh leans offense, but he's a culture setter. Um, And then it looks like Raheem Morris fits into that kind of D'Amico Ryan's Gerard Mayo. They lean one way, but they were, they're going to come in and be a culture setter, a CEO so I'm excited for him to have another chance. I also think now, Dan, this to me makes it feel like Atlanta is going to be one of the most aggressive teams now to go get their quarterback. Because yeah, yeah. if you're going to bring in a defensive guy of a culture setter and you're going to get a rookie head coach, you need to go get then the star quarterback, whether that's a Kirk Cousins, whether that's trade for Caleb Williams, to go then, all right, he's going to fix our offense and it's going to be kind of the, it's going to be the, you know, the, the, the Houston Texans kind of game plan, right? Is it the Patriots feel like they're trying to set that up as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's, I, I know this has been talked about many, many times, but it continues to fascinate. That 2013 Washington coaching staff. Yeah, I know. Um, the names here, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, all current head coaches, Raheem Morris, now a head coach again, and Bobby Slowick, who's one of the hottest offensive yeah, coordinator names to been tossed around uh to be a head coach as well. So there could be potentially six head coaches in the NFL right now, a fifth of the league, uh, all from the 2013 Washington commander staff. And none of those coaches went on to, you know, coach for Washington, which is oh. just hilarious. And they've all had success to this point. So they need wild. to, they it's honestly,
0: the, to break that curse, they need to hire someone from that staff. Like, honestly, they need to just go to. Yeah. hire Bobby Sloan. Get Bobby Sloan. Like, Sloan. See, yeah. we got him. Exactly. We knew exactly. he was in the
1: building just to just quell all of yeah, those, they have to. you know, uh, statements at this point. Yeah. And Dave Canales, I don't know uh, much about, but he's worked with quarterbacks a lot. He kind of turned Geno Smith around yep. got Baker turned Mayfield, one of his product most productive years of his career this past season. So obviously they're hoping that he can bring the same to Bryce Young in Carolina. We'll dive a little bit deeper and deeper into some of these teams when we get into the off season episodes coming up, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been fascinating. It's been pretty fast moving with a lot of these head coaching hires. And so uh, it, I will it looks like we're going to continue to see this, you know, to, on this trajectory
0: to put a button on it. I think for me, I I think Canalis in Carolina, I love that he got a six year deal. That's the David Tepper tax, right? Like you're, You're such a bad owner. I'm going to make you give me six years. That way, if you decide to fire me, you're paying me for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I I also think um, I'm happy for Will Levis and the Titans. If you're going to move on from a great coach in Vrabel, then move on in a different direction of like, let's go be an offensive leaning Callahan. He worked with Joe Burrow. He's going to come in and give that wisdom to our young quarterback. And the AFC South is going to be so much fun to watch next year. And then, yeah. The, the, you make the great point of we had two openings left, but to me, the two most desirable head coaches still left, Belichick and Vrabel. If I was them at this point, I think I might sit this one out. Let yeah. the Seahawks yeah, hire Dan Quinn. I don't think either Dan Quinn. Very
1: enticing.
0: Yeah, yeah, let the Seahawks hire Dan Quinn. If you're Vrabel, I mean, the Eagles, the Cowboys, there could be some big-name teams with openings in a year from now.
1: The only thing is that if you're Grable and Washington has the number two overall pick they've got some good pieces on that roster that you can work with uh, and kind of rebuild a one-story franchise so it's an enticing job uh, but a tough division and as you mentioned uh, better jobs could be on the horizon but that is all for another episode we are here to talk championship weekend AFC, NFC games, Ravens, Chiefs, Lions, 49ers, so let's get things started here, Dive in, with Dan. the Ravens and the Chiefs starting us off here this upcoming Sunday at 3 o'clock Eastern on CBS, and we've got a four-point advantage for Baltimore right now, the spread, Baltimore minus four coming into this one. Uh, your initial feelings on how this one plays out?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, it depends. Like right now on FanDuel, it's, uh, it's three and a half, four, depending on what you're looking at, three and a half right now over under 45 and a half. Um, You know, we said on the show last week when I picked the Bills to beat the Chiefs, I would feel really dumb, you know, Monday morning. And I felt really, really dumb Monday morning. To me, when I look at this matchup, I say to myself, who's got the better defense? Baltimore. Who's got the offense right now that I trust more that's done it all season long with the MVP? Baltimore. Who's the healthier team right now? Marlon Humphrey coming back. Uh, Mark Andrews coming back. Baltimore. Joe Tooney uh, dealing with a peck. He might miss this game, or if he plays, he won't be 100% against that nasty Baltimore front seven. Uh, you know, obviously, um, uh, 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 Willie Gay is also sh- uh, questionable for this game. Looks like he may go, but he's kind of the guy you would hope because it's spy Lamar Jackson. You know, the the Ravens have, to me, the better skill position guys. They have the, the MVP. They have the better defense. They're, they've really blown people out all year long. They're at home. And, and yet, the reason why we even hesitate to take Baltimore is because I can just go, but Mahomes. Exactly. And, exactly. and, you know, depending on what happens in this game, Monday, we could literally be talking about Patrick Mahomes in a light, Dude, you only talk about like two or three other athletes, like Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, where you say in modern history, I mean, Muhammad Ali probably you would add to that list in, you know, an overall Jordan. greatness, yeah. where you're just like, oh, yeah, this person is rolling. This person's hot. This person, this person's got Tiger by three strokes heading into Sunday. And you just go, yeah, but it's Tiger. It's Sunday at the Masters, Tiger. Like, yeah. It, and and so, it's a real to me. I, I think I honestly feel like I would tell fans like and people, if for some reason you could only watch one of the two games on Sunday, the Baltimore Kansas City game historically is a game that could matter ten years from now when we're talking about Canton. When we're talking about these guys going into Canton, like this game will be one you can legitimately look back on and be like, if Mahomes beats the MVP. And he keeps Allen out of the Super Bowl. He keeps Jackson out of the Super Bowl. He kept Trevor Lawrence. Like he—he's just—he is becoming Michael Jordan, where Michael prevented Malone, prevented Stockton, prevented Ewing, yeah, prevented Barkley, blocking, Bartlett, everybody. blocking yeah. dudes out. Like even in Brady's career is different, right? Because Brady's career was so long that eventually other guys. Yeah, they had to win. Manning got two. Ben got two. You know Mahomes started at the end of at, at Brady's career all these things whatever but legitimately just like blocking dudes out it's it's extremely extremely impressive and I would add to that on the flip side for Lamar think about it if Lamar is able to win an MVP his second to do it beating Mahomes at home to do it then go on to win a Super Bowl win a Super Bowl MVP He's now in that air where it's like you have to talk about him as a Hall of Famer. And he's still got so much of his career and his potential still ahead of him. Even if the way his play style, his career only lasts another seven years where Mahomes lasts another 10 years, Mahomes may end up being the all-time better quarterback in the ranking. But Lamar has a chance to do kind of what Eli Manning did and be like, Hey, yeah. Play hey, spoiler I'm, a little bit. You know yeah. what? You may have better, you may have better stats, bigger numbers, all that stuff. But I'm the dude. I'm your kryptonite. I was the dude who was able to beat you when you were in your prime at your biggest moments. So it's a really, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to in this game. But I think historically, this game has a chance Sunday to be a game that that matters so much when we talk about resumes and and Canton. In 10, 15 years from now. On the NFC game, it's important, and one team will go on it. You maybe have a chance to win a Super Bowl. The Super Bowl will more define the legacy of whoever wins the NFC team, right? But this game will have the impact of a Super Bowl for these guys. Like it is, it really is, it is the 1B. If the Super Bowl's 1A, this is the 1B game.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, this I, I'm absolutely stoked to see how this one plays. I was kind of surprised it ended up being the first game. I thought they would save it for the night. Well, they now, rotate they want the... it's on fairness. They... Right, right, so yeah,
0: yeah. Fox yeah, and CBS rotate. It's a fairness thing. Like, or no, it's yeah. NFC-AFC. So last year the NFC was the early game, so they get the late game this year. So it's yeah. luck
1: of the draw. And it works out for the NFL because they get the superior broadcasting career, at least from my you know, uh, opinion uh, on this game, on the CBS game here. Cause it's going to be Nance Romo, right? Uh, yeah. But Burkhardt and, and Burkhardt and Burkhardt and Olsen are great. Uh, I love Olsen and Burkhart is solid, but I, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, well, yeah, I Nance, I don't know. It's tough because Nance, Nance is, is my all-time favorite. One, Nance is guy.
0: the one-one. Yeah. Nance is the Brady of those four. Yes.
1: Yes. yes everyone yes. else and is kind of equal. I would probably you know Olson to me is a better color commentator than um yeah Romo. To I me, get it, but he's the best color in the game right now. But I think I think um, he
0: might be yes.
1: Yeah yeah but it, Nance is definitely like my all time favorite. So Nance is fantastic. I, I am partial to that. But yeah I I think that this guy I think you touched on something really important about this being a, a legacy game for multiple reasons on either Mahomes' side yeah um or for Lamar. I also see this as being a super impactful game for just Kansas city in general, because I think that there could be some ramifications on a loss here being um, that, you know, we're, we've heard some rumors. I, I don't put much stock into them about Andy Reed mulling retirement. I don't, I don't really think that that's probably going to happen, but a loss here, you know, in, in a year where, You know, things started to seem a little bit down for Kansas City, but they picked it up definitely in December and then are just on a roll as of late, you know, for them to take that shot, potentially losing Travis Kelsey, you know, who's to say that he's ready to run it back yet again after this year? Who's to say Andy Reid doesn't hang it up? what do you do with year, chris jones in free agency there's a lot of th- questions there there's we're about to see a very different kansas city team in 2025 even Hardball. if they win the super bowl <laughs> <laughs> yeah right no kidding and so i i just feel like you know this could be kind of do or die for a lot of reasons and if they win the super bowl maybe none of those guys return anyway cuz they go out on top but at least they got the hardware at least yeah. they got their third title now uh, you know, with Mahomes and really, you know, solidified that winning dynasty as opposed to just being a, a dynasty in general. They're now a dynasty that is in the, you know, uh, era of the the Bulls, 90s Bulls, where they were just rattling off championships back to back to back. Um, so this, this could be, you know, just make a totally different narrative for how the Chiefs are perceived. They're still going to be winners. Mahomes is still going to be a guy that has uh, you know, a chance to win a title every single year because he's Mahomes, regardless of who his head coach is. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's the same way as uh, Tom in that way or Peyton in that way. But I do think the marriage of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Reed potentially being on, on ice, uh, on thin ice here, and and if they lose this game, that maybe makes it a little bit more fragile. So I think that's super important. And, and you, you hit the nail on the head with Lamar and the Ravens. Uh, this is your time because it was your it's your MVP year. I mean, most people, if not everybody, thinks you're the consensus MVP. You know, despite being the best team record-wise for the vast majority of the season, nobody was really considering Baltimore to be the team that you know. Philly was still there. San Fran was still in that conversation. It it came on late in the season
0: with those wins against San Francisco and Miami.
1: Yeah, that's really what solidified it. It still feels new that
0: they're the they're the one one.
1: Yeah, and and they're just they're Baltimore, you know, they're smaller market. I they probably yeah. just feel kind of like it's us against the world, even despite holding, you know, the the number one overall seed. So totally. all of that to say, yeah, there's there's pressure on both sides here. Obviously, Lamar needs to get over the hump. And I wouldn't even consider a Super Bowl loss to be, you know, um to, to make it a Losing season overall for Baltimore. I think getting over the hump and getting there is is kind of what they need. Uh, This would be a huge shot. Also, uh, you
0: think about in over the last now 24 years in the AFC, going back to Baltimore's first title with Ray Lewis, you know, in 2000 to start this, you know, century. Baltimore has a chance here to sneakily be like one of, I mean, four that, I mean, what four titles or, you know, three titles in, a you know in a twenty, 20 four year span yeah. like you know you're winning one about eight every eight years, two different coaches, three different quarterbacks like they they leaving Cleveland they they have been a a real force in the AFC that include yeah. it, in that time Manning Big Ben uh, Brady and now Mahomes so. It, it, it just goes to show what a great organization Baltimore's in. Even put themselves in the spot. Yeah, also, wild that it's their first AFC Championship game ever. Baltimore Ravens hosting the first ever AFC Championship game.
1: I got a couple. Oh, I didn't stats. realize that. Yeah, I guess they did go on the road. Those uh, the, they didn't host in two thousand.
0: No, I got a couple. I got a couple stats here just to. Um, they were at Tennessee, I think, right. Um I got a couple stats here Oh Just-
1: yeah, that's right. That that's when Ray Lewis picked off uh the pass. It, it stole it from Steve Eddie McNair. George. Uh yeah. well, he stole the pass from yeah, yeah, from uh, Eddie George had it in his grasp and uh yeah. and it got ripped away. But yeah. So yeah. um
0: um well, I have a couple of quick little things here to think about before I make my official pick. We can get into okay.
1: it here. Let's um it.
0: Mahomes 3 and 1 in his career against Lamar, but this is their first playoff meeting. But I do think that's something. It, and to me what that means is the Chiefs defensively, Spagnola and everything, like they've played Lamar. This isn't like this isn't like Lamar versus the NFC. as much as Lamar is explosive. It's not like they've never seen Lamar before. Now, have they seen the Todd Munkin Lamar and, like, this version? And, like, maybe, maybe not. You could argue it's right. a little different.
1: And they also just played uh, Josh Allen as well. They, so, they're, in a they're running quarterback. prepared to, to take on a scrambling quarterback. The yeah.
0: Chiefs tend to go man defense in the red zone. And Lamar and their weapons, they are man beaters. you talk about Zay Flowers, OBJ, likely. Andrew's coming back. That's going to be a really interesting matchup to watch for if and when, you know, if the Chiefs can keep Lamar out of the red zone, it plays into their hands a little bit. In the red zone, I think Lamar could feast on this Chiefs defense. The other thing I will say is Spagnola. how aggressive will he be? He has a tendency in big moments to get a little aggressive and how aggressive will he be? Versus Lamar, especially knowing that Willie Gay is not a hundred percent. The guy who's your speed linebacker who would be able to, you'd you'd hope to wrap him up. That being said, everything in my brain and my gut says that Baltimore is the better team. Harbaugh is a great coach. Baltimore has the MVP. Um, but I felt really stupid Monday picking against Kansas city and Patrick Mahomes. And I cannot do that twice in a row. And, um, If I had picked Kansas City to beat uh, Buffalo, I'd probably be picking Baltimore to win this game. That's how my dumb brain works. This is why you come to this show, for sometimes just some dumb brain takes. I I think this game gets out of hand at some point in time early in the third quarter. I think it's a lot of feeling each other out. 17-17 into halftime, something like that. And then all of a sudden, these teams feel confident with their game plans attacking the defenses. And I think that even though great defense like like Baltimore has and a really strong uh, defense that, Cincinnati, uh, that uh, Kansas City has, they can get exposed. So, you know, great offense always beats great defense. You watch the NBA. I was, I was watching the Suns, the uh, the, the uh, Boston Celtics last night versus the Miami Heat. Miami Heat are a great defense, Heat culture. There's just sometimes that Jason Tatum is just like, the dude is on fire. He was on fire from three. You couldn't do anything. Hand in his face, Bodies on yeah. him, couldn't do anything. I have a feeling Lamar and Mahomes will catch fire in the second half. It's going to, the scoring's going to explode. And if that happens, then I, I picture, I just can see it in my head, 27, 27, a minute left in the third, in the fourth quarter, Lamar, it just let it down to tie the game on the touchdown drive, 27, 27. And Mahomes has the ball and goes, you know. 60 yards in 45 seconds with one timeout sets up Isaiah Pacheco, little handoff run, take a knee three seconds left. Harrison Bucker kicks him into the Super Bowl I'm going to chiefs 30 to 27 over the Ravens.
1: All right. All right. I like it. I am going against my pre playoff prediction that I had. I I joined a, uh, a playoff predictor bracket, you know, that awards you points for each win as you go along. And my final there was, Ultimately, Ravens, 49ers, in the Super Bowl. The one seeds. Um, Chalk. And, and I, I picked Kansas City to get to the AFC Championship game and, and to lose. I am going against that in this moment because I saw the same thing you did. I said, after I watched them go on the road in the wild card round, and or I'm sorry, uh, host uh, Miami in the wild card round, and handle them, you know, with relative ease, uh, especially in those elements, and then go to Buffalo and get a, a really difficult win in an awfully hard venue uh, against a surging quarterback, uh, I just kept saying to myself, "Why? who were we, and, and I mean the royal we, like everybody, yeah, who but were me. we to even doubt <laughs> Who are we to doubt Patrick Mahomes and this oh. Kansas City Chiefs team, despite their slow, uh, you know, ascension throughout the season, despite their, you know, record? and They were still a three seed. and They had a rough year, and the roughest year that Patrick Mahomes has had, they were the three seed and still ended up hosting a playoff game. Um, it's just, it's, it's kind of comical at this point. But I just said, you know, after the Bills game was probably going to be the most difficult thing to get over for the chiefs I agree. this year and just in general emotionally so now, as well yeah yeah that too I mean there was the pressure there of hey we've beaten them you know 2-0 and in the playoffs at this point and and we have to do it once again but now we're on the road and we've never gone on the road in the playoffs all of that stuff you know it is it's just it's the Mahomes factor man and watching him do what he did watching Travis Kelsey have the resurgence. And that is something I expected. I was like, Kelsey's not going to be as bad as he was in the regular season. He's just too good. And uh, he's going to, he's going to return to form. And so look, I mean, if you go down the line, you know, tight end, slight advantage to Kansas city, outside weapons, slight advantage to Baltimore running backs, slight advantage, Kansas city defense, slight advantage, Baltimore, We go back and forth there, and ultimately, quarterback, the advantage goes to Kansas City in this one, and that's the most important one of them all. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you nailed the two. I mean, if this game's tight, which I think most of us expect it to be, then it's it's all about who gets the ball last and who makes that defining play when it matters the most. And we just haven't seen Patrick Mahomes completely just wither in that moment. He is the best version of himself when it matters the most. And you're bound to get a moment uh, where he has to arise to that occasion in this game. And I just expect him to. And we've seen, and and I don't, I'm not trying to hold Lamar, uh, you know, hold this against Lamar for the end of time. But we've seen him, you know, perform less than expected in those moments up to this point in his career. It's not to say it won't be different. He could win this game. The Ravens probably should on paper, given that they have the better team. But yes, I'm with you. I'm taking Mahomes uh for all of those reasons. And I think it'll be actually a little bit more high scoring despite there being two great defenses here. I just see it just feels like defense, like it doesn't matter anymore in the playoffs. It's yeah. like no if the great offenses are gonna score a shit ton in the playoffs, and that's just gonna happen. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the weather's supposed to be. It's supposed to be decent, like forty five okay.
0: degrees, you know, decent.
1: Then, then that makes it all the more easy to to fathom. I, I'm going to go Chiefs 34, um, Ravens 28, and and kind of solidify this thing for Kansas City. They get back to the Super Bowl once again. Yeah, and uh, we'll see if they can make it uh, three in a row. Uh, you know, coming up Super Bowl weekend. But yeah, that that is my thoughts on this one, and certainly hitting the over. So I would take the over yeah. for sure, and yeah, you know, covering as well. My
0: my final reaction to that, and I and I think. Um... What I just want to make sure I'm very clear on. I don't think the Ravens are going to lose this game because of Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar is going to play well. It'll be the I, club, I yeah. think he's going to play really well, and I don't even think they're going to lose because the defense. I just think there's going to be the times like we saw in the Buffalo game, where Mahomes does things. You're just like God bless America. How like he just yeah,
1: he is di- like it. he's
0: just different, and he just moves his body in the pocket and scrambles for ten yards here or there. And has the complete calmness. You know, they put a heart monitor on Mahomes during the Bills game. And I heard this on uh, The Herd. I think it was a Monday or Tuesday. His heart rate only rose while he was on the bench watching the Bills. While he was playing, his heart rate I... like was steady and did not spike. So I mean, there is something scientifically different about this man. Like it is, that's,
1: uh, yeah, that's it, interesting. It, also, is, it, seems,
0: it seems a little concerning, but I mean, well, hey. yeah, I know. <laughs> so, but like, he's got like you know an, an aorta problem or something. But it, like, it's he. There is just is something different. I think wow. Lamar is going to play really well. I think Baltimore overall overall will play well. I I just think there's going to be it. There's going to be a moment where it's like you. There's nothing you can do, and you're going to feel like those Bills fans. Where you're just like what do we have to do and i just think at this point in time if it goes the other way and baltimore wins kansas city will not win in a blowout it will not be a 10 plus game point game with kansas city they they can't beat baltimore like that baltimore's too good too well coached and they have lamar the chiefs could get blown out if things snowball because the ravens are that good but i do think the chiefs are playing with a confidence and an elevated uh, play and I mean, listen. We've never seen Mahomes get blown out except for one game. That was the Super Bowl when he was on the road in Tom Brady's home stadium at the Bucks, and their two starting tackles were down. That's what it took to blow Mahomes out. So it's not going to get blown out, but uh, he could, he could, if Joe Tooney doesn't play, and if Lamar um, has the game of his life, which is capable of happening, but I don't think they're going to yeah, blow absolutely. the road. I don't think they're going to blow the Ravens out. I think it'll be close. Like we both said it can't wait for it.
1: Lions on the road at the 49ers for the 6:30 game on Fox 6:30 Eastern. And according to ESPN bet, the spread is San Francisco minus seven and a half. So they are heavy favorites in this game with a 51 and a half over in that one. So that's all according to ESPN bet there, but quite the spread. I don't know if I feel that confident, uh, you know, I'd probably steer away from that one. But I think this is uh, an intriguing game. I agree that I'm much more excited to see Kansas City and Baltimore go head-to-head just because it's the two, yeah. uh, you know, the two MVP caliber quarterbacks. The uh, Canton storylines. But Bal- or San Fran and Detroit are very similar teams. Like, I'm very excited to see like how they kind of inch their way. like I see this as kind of just like a clash and like a tug of war where people kind of gain some leeway and then, you know, give it back. And then, you know, it's back and forth. And who's going to just, you know, inch themselves slightly over the middle line by the end of this thing? Because both have, you know, a star receiver. Both have a fantastic Iowa tight end. Uh, both have an incredible playmaking running back. And both have quarterbacks that are, you know, uh, maligned for being game managers as if that's some sort of a pejorative. And, um, and and they have, you know, tough defenses. Obviously, the 49ers have a much more talented defense. But we, we see they haven't looked themselves, uh, you know, especially last week. But, you know, I overall, Mark, think that San Fran's defense kind of returns to form a little bit. If they were playing a team like Kansas City or Baltimore, I would be much more concerned because I would be like, you know, they're going to really have to tighten up a lot and uh, and not give up any room. But I'm just, I'm not as, I you know, if I'm them, I'm not as like scared of Detroit's offense if that makes sense. Like Detroit certainly is capable of the big play, and Laporta could beat you, and Amon Ross St. Brown can. But I see this much more of a physical kind of. You know, beating down your defense as we go, type of game for both sides. Yeah, and I San Fran's is defense is a little bit more capable of weathering that storm, while their offense has the ability to score eighty yards on a play if they need it from Debo, if they need it from Kittle. Uh, Whereas I just don't know if I have that confidence in Detroit now, as it's been for much of the season and all postseason. I am pro-Detroit. I am rooting for the Lions to carry this storybook season, you know, one step further and get themselves to their first Super Bowl. I would love nothing more than to see that, so I will once again be rooting for it to happen. But if we're talking about two very similar teams, one's got slightly better weapons, both slightly better superstars on both sides of the ball and a superior strategist at head coach, those are some things that are difficult to overcome in moments like this, especially when you're going to need to not make the fatal flaw, taking that extra timeout mm. when you can't afford to take it in the first half or, you know, taking a knee with 35 seconds left at the end of the half or, you know, uh, not challenging a play when you should have challenged it. Doing some of those things on top of, obviously, the scheme. Kyle Shanahan's been in these moments, you know, this is – he's been in too many of them uh, you know and, and on the losing side of it i i take his experience and, and what he's learned over the years and the 24 to 3 and losing in the super bowl and uh just i i think there's a lot that he's seen and i love dan campbell he's going to be a coach there in detroit for a long time i hope that this isn't the last of their nfc championship game appearances but for my money i i think the 49ers just kind of have enough here and it's it's going to be whether it's, you know, that one play, it's that, you know, 65-yard running catch from Debo Samuel that you just really wish you had back. It looks so almost certainly like he's going to play. Um, I You know, it's that's going to be the difference maker. So I, I think this one will be a little bit low scoring. So I would take um, 24-20, 49ers get the win, and uh, unfortunately the storybook season for Detroit comes to an end. So I you imagine – to- D- divert and take Detroit on this one, but I'm curious, you know what your what your assessment is. Okay. You have
0: the Lions covering the seven and a half. I like that. I do have I agree, them green. absolutely. Yeah, no, I Bet- think it's a lines- really close team
1: I really do. Yeah. yeah,
0: betting lines. I think that's absolutely the play, 100. percent Well, the uh, listen, you nail on. I love what you said there at the end, Debo Samuel. I mean, it does look like he's going to play. Does he play as like a decoy and like you know? 10 snaps or does he play I think like, you'll let him lose you gotta let he him play because if
1: he's hurt for the super bowl then it's like oh well whatever he got us here you know
0: because all reports are like i mean he's he, while yeah he's practicing there are some real laboring struggles it's a it's a shoulder yeah. you know all it takes is one hit like and all no. of a sudden it's like he's out again so to me that is a crucial crucial part of the game crucial part of the game because this niners the, I agree with you. Everything you said when you were talking about the how these teams match up, like great tight ends, really solid offensive lines, uh, elite, elite tackles, um, a great dynamic back, really solid, you know, uh, above average uh, game, elite game managing quarterbacks who who distribute the ball really well. The dynamic wide receiver in IU and St. Brown. The difference is, the Niners have Debo Samuel and the and the Lions don't. Like the Lions have guys like a Jameson Williams and some other, you know, David Montgomery, who the people like the San Francisco don't have those type of guys. But Debo is unique. He is their Swiss Army knife. He's more important than Christian McCaffrey in a lot of ways for opening things up yeah, and yeah. how that offense works. The motion, so,
1: he he does that all, yeah.
0: Now, now, granted, they have Kyle Shanahan was fully preparing for Debo to play all of the Green Bay game and then they had to think on the fly, which I think one of the reasons why their offense looks so weird through large portions of that game and not great. This week, they 100% have a game plan in like we're playing Debo, but as soon as he gets a wrong hit, we have to take him out maybe midway through the first. Here is now the Debo list game plan and how we're going to attack the line. So I think they will be more prepared. I will (laughs) also say... The Niners, they lead the league in yak, yards after contact. So they are they are really really good at getting. yards head. after
1: cat.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, right. and 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 they and they lead the league in just breaking tackles and breaking through contact and 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 gaining extra yards. I think it's like like almost ninety yards per game. So that is, I think, is a really crucial thing. What the Niners want to do is is the Niners want to get. Brock Purdy, to get the ball out quickly, accurately, in space, to their weapons, to Kittle, to Debo, to Ayuk, to McCaffrey, boom, 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 in space. They also, the one thing I will say is that they don't do, and Purdy doesn't have the ability, which is something I think plays into a, uh, a, a for the Lions, is the Niners, you don't see them Do what Josh Allen did, right? Josh Allen, multiple times during the game, is like, fuck it, 60-yard bomb, trying it. Purdy doesn't do that. And Ayuk and Debo aren't really those type of receivers, right? And the weakness of Detroit is, like Matt Stafford, 50-yard bomb, there's Puka Nakua. Why why is he uncovered? So, what is not a strength of, of Detroit's is not a strength of San Francisco. So anyone who's talking about, oh, you got to worry about the back end, I don't think you have to worry that much about the back end for – now, who knows? Kyle Shannon may come out with a game plan to attack them, and he may embarrass them.
1: It could be an IU game that he gets like three times a year where he has 150 yards, right? Absolutely. And that's what I'm
0: saying. But traditionally, the way San Francisco wants to play – it's not a strength that attacks a weakness that San Francisco has, uh, that the 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 Lions have, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So,
0: um, I will say if you were to go through and read off just dudes, the Niners are the king of dudes, right? They just dudes everywhere. It is like, uh, you know, a, a really a really uh, you know interesting rabbit hole you went down on in, in in the internet. How many dudes there are there? There's a way there's too many dudes. What what happened here? There's a lot of dudes everywhere. So you, so I will just say, in, in general, it feels a lot like how I felt in the previous game talking, right? Man, like everything, they're at home. Defense, offensive line, I mean, McCaffrey, Kittle, there's just so much to like. The coach who's been there in those big moments. And then I look at the other side of the field, and I, and I smile, and my heart gets warm. And I see man Campbell and I see his big nuts in the wheelbarrow in like the Randy Marshall. And I see a Detroit lions team that is playing with so much house money with so much confidence with so much pride. And I see a future hall of famer in Penesul. I see overall an offensive line that um, is top two or three in the league. With Decker and Ragnow, even though they're beat up, these dudes are—they are animals—and they are—they animals are, they went through hell to get to this point to be celebrating and being one of the final four teams remaining. I see a running back group that is one of the most dynamic and unique in all football. Both capable of catching the ball, running through the tackles, breaking big runs. Uh, both capable of just you four downs. It's their drive. Uh, and and really punishing. Uh, a a defensive uh, line in a linebacking core. I see a young tight end in Sam Laporta who is very much, uh, you know, the next generation in the future of how the NFL is in a tight end renaissance like we've never seen before. How so many good tight ends across the league. I see Amon Ross St. Brown is a dog. I mean, a dog and and a dude who's not afraid of Greenlaw and Warner and taking hits across the middle, whose dad was Mr. Olympia, who just is going to scrap and claw and fight for every extra yard. I see on defense, Aiden Hutchinson, eight sacks in his last four games, who's coming into his own. He's from Michigan. He's playing for his hometown team. I see McNeil, the young defensive tackle, who's eating up space, who's healthy again after missing time in the middle of the year, being able to take on double teams and cause havoc in the middle. I see two linebackers who fly across the field, and Anzalone and Campbell, who love to lay big hits. I see a Lions defense that led the league in yak. They only gave up 63 yards in yak this year because they gang tackle, because they wrap up, because they don't let tackles break. I see a Lions, I see a Lions defense with a CJ Gardner Johnson in the backfield. Who's capable of making a big hit and a big play to maybe cause enough distress that Devo says, you know what, coach, I'm going to sit the rest of this one out. I, I can't do it. I need to. You know, I got to, I'm trying to get paid here this offseason. And then I see, I see a swarm of Lions fans flying from Motor City to techie San Francisco. I swear and- at this point,
1: you better be taking the Lions to win or else all of this will be a sad, sad ending.
0: I see, I see a, I see a Detroit Lions team in the middle of the third quarter, tied 17-17, back and forth, body blows. Teams, these teams are going to feel each other out, right? No one's going to want to make the big mistake early. They're going to want to get the balls to their playmaker's hands. They're going to want to establish the rush. They're going to want to just lean on each other. And then midway through the third quarter, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen that, they're going to attack Chase Young all day. He can't. He cannot defend in the run game. They're going to let Bosa overextend himself and tire himself out against the f- future first ball- ballot Hall of Famer Penae Sewell. And you're going to see all of a sudden Jameer Gibbs bust a twenty yard run, and then you're going to see all of a sudden David Montgomery lean two carries, fifteen yards, and all of a sudden the Lions get themselves into a field goal and go up twenty to seventeen late in the third. And you're going to get the ball back to Brock Purdy, and all of a sudden, Hutchinson's going to show up, and he's going to get a strip sack, fumble. He's going to make a big sack to force a three and out. And then early in the fourth quarter, you're going to see the better quarterback in this game—not just by a little, but by far the better quarterback in this game, Jared Goff. Dice this field, dice this Detroit Lions field down the uh, down the field. This team down the field, pick apart. What is the worst of the San Francisco defenses in the Kyle Shanahan era to make it to an NFC championship game? Now, that's saying something. They're still very good. But it is the worst of the Kyle Shanahan defenses to make it to an NFC championship game. And at the, and, and around after right, about a six-minute drive to start the fourth quarter, the Lions are going to go up 27-17. to 17, And with eight, six, seven, eight minutes remaining, the Niners are going to be looking around going, holy crap. We got to put the ball in Brock Purdy's hands, and from there on, it's easy sailing for Man Campbell and the Detroit Lions to take care of business in San Francisco. They're going to end up winning thirty-three to twenty-four. The Lions are going to the Super Bowl, and it's going to be because in the second half, after a, after a first half of these two teams just leaning on each other, not wanting to make the mistake, pushing on each other, leaning on their strengths, their offensive lines, their defensive lines, their running backs, the better quarterback, Jared Goff, who's been there. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been in these big moments. He's got a winning record in the playoffs. He's got the best completion percentage in the playoffs. When Brock Purdy was garbage for three and a half quarters last week, Jared Goff has been electric in two playoff games. He's got a winning playoff record in his career, and he's got the best completion percentage in the playoffs right now. He is going to make the plays late in the game. He is good enough for Detroit, and the Lions are going to win it. So all that being said, what I, what I really want to set up with you is I agree with you. I think these teams are so close. I think these teams are so unique. I think these teams can, uh, could absolutely – this could be a slugfest 13-13, you know, midway, late in the third. If it gets to that, and I think it will – I'm putting my eggs in Jared Goff's basket I'm and Ben Johnson. I'm not putting my eggs in Brock Purdy's basket. I'm not going to do it. I've been one of the biggest Purdy deniers all year. I'm not going to change now. In the last two games that Brock Purdy's played, when the lights were brightest on, what was it, Christmas against the Ravens and then last week against the Packers, he was not good in either of those games. He got bailed out in the fourth quarter with a game-winning drive, but he was not good in either of those games. And I do think that Detroit's front four will be able to create an, just enough pressure to keep them alive in this game without having to overextend and, and blitz too much. And Jared Goff will win the game for the Lions late in the game.
1: Wild, wild stuff! All right, so a, a nine-point victory for the Detroit Lions. It'll Not be an covered. easy
0: it, by the fourth quarter. It'll seem like they, it was an easy victory for them. They're they're gonna they're gonna play with their food. For three quarters.
1: I'd be, I'd be happy to see it for sure. Uh, I don't think it'll, it'll turn out that way. It's interesting. You didn't mention, you know, any Kyle Shanahan in there. Well, listen, he chokes 28 to three. (laughs)
0: You know what I mean? Like he chokes. I I, I don't, I I don't need to mention it. I got man Campbell and his balls in a, in a wheelbarrow versus the choke artist.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. enough. So
0: Dan really quick before we go, I think this is a really fun thing to think about. Which matchups, there's four possible matchups. I ask you, which matchup do you, if you were CBS and the NFL, which matchup are you rooting for? I think there's an obvious answer. Chiefs-Lions. Probably. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Agreed. That yeah. is the matchup that, and I would say the second matchup would be Chiefs-Niners. You, if you're the CBS and you're, and you're the NFL, Chiefs are the number one. The Taylor Swift-Kelsey mm-hmm. drama is the draw. And also the talk of Mahomes winning three this early within seven years, uh, I mean, it's that is, a, is such a storyline. Mama Kelsey, Jason will be there. It, it, that's that's the ratings draw, and I think the Lions, even though they're a much smaller market than San Francisco, they have a 2016 Cubs feel to them, to yeah, where they're it's a like,
1: lovable team.
0: And first yeah. game of the season, Lions Chiefs. Last game of the season, Lions Chiefs. I think there it would be ratings gold. So if you want to put your tinfoil hats on. The Lions, don't work, look at the what the logo and the colors. The NFL wants the Lions and the Chiefs.
1: Well, the next time that we regroup with you all, there will be a Super Bowl matchup. We'll know exactly what we're looking forward to over the next couple of weeks. Of course, there's the week off there in between, so we can discuss some other items, probably some more head coaching news, if that probably. Uh, tends to drop, and uh, plenty surrounding whatever matchup we end up getting here for Super Bowl 58. So, looking forward to it. But yes, those are our picks. Both of us taking the Chiefs, and we are split on 49ers Lions. But nonetheless, I think we'll all agree we're going to be treated to some good games and enjoy it, folks. The last time we're getting multiple NFL games for quite some time. I know. About eight and a half, nine months. So, yeah, enjoy it while we can. But uh, yeah, this That's... has been the Football Lounge with Mark and Dan, and we'll see you back here next week.